You're listening to the Cliff Temple Podcast, recorded at Cliff Temple Baptist Church in Oak Cliff in Dallas, Texas. I want to welcome you to the Cliff Temple Podcast. My name is Trevor Jameson. I'm joined here with Gannon Sims, and we are starting season three, we'll call it, of the Cliff Temple Podcast, right. and we're going to be covering spiritual gifts. And all of our Sunday schools are covering a curriculum called Spiritual Gifts by InterVarsity Press. And it's been just a great study so far, looking at what the different gifts are and more actually about the function of the gifts. And so this week, we're going to be covering the gift of, well, you call it uh, witness, Gannon, and I think that's a better word for it, but we're going to look at that in a second. But a lot of people call it the gift of evangelism. So let's start off just right off the bat. What do you think the proper word should be for this? <laughs> why, well, why are we starting off on a hot point already? I, I think, I mean, well, first of all, let's go back to gift and giftedness. Uh, and it's And it is principally because our lives are gifts. G-I-F-T-S. Um, and we, th- we think of that only because, uh, Bonhoeffer might say something to the effect that we, we, we can only, uh, live in Christ, um, under the shadow of his cross only because he has poured out his life for us. So then through Christ, not on our own strength, but through Christ, we are, uh, living our lives for the life of the world. And we as Christians can't help but to bear witness to that. So, so we think of, I think of Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, with Christ in her womb. And she bore witness to Christ. So all of us are in, in effect pregnant with Christ and we can't wait to testify to that. That's what it should be. It's not, um, and, and I mean, God bless the Campus Crusade staff members who sat down with me in a cafeteria at Baylor University when I was 18 and walked me through the bridge illustration that I knew, but I was grateful for the refresh. But that's often what we think of when we think of evangelism. We think of a tract. We think of knocking on doors. We think of people standing on milk crates on the street corner. Um but what I'm talking about is is something that we can't help proclaiming because it is the best thing that has ever happened to us. And it is the life, death, resurrection of Jesus who uh, m- makes the crooked straight and the rough places plain in our lives. Um, that's what we hold on to. That's the hope that we have. That's Okay, so... Um, I think you said something at the beginning that I want to go back and kind of pull out because I think this is important. What you said about gifts being gifts to us, but also to the world suggests that what (laughs) it sounds like what you're suggesting is, is that there's not just like, I don't know, 22 prophets at Clifton, or I'm sorry, 22 evangelists at Cliff Temple Baptist Church. And those are the people who are being witnesses in the world. You're saying we're all, in effect, witnesses. Yes. And so uh, when we look at this term witness, um, I pulled it up just a second ago to look at it again, is quoted here in Ephesians 4.11. So Christ, 
himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And the word for evangelists right there, you and I kind of looked at, is the same word for gospel or bringer of the gospel or bringer of probably better good news is literally how the Greek works out there. So who are these people then? What, What does that end up playing out as? Well, we all have the gift. However, some... It says there, Christ has given some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. So some are more prone to announce the good news because it's just in their disposition to stand on a, you know, on a chair and say, I can't wait to proclaim to you. Um, you know, we think of, I think of Stephen in Acts before he sees martyred he's brothers and sisters you know i think of uh, uh peter and acts proclaiming um the the good news and so there are some people in our lives and, I, and, I, and I, it, it's it may sound terrible to say this but there's some people who just know how to sell stuff um or they um they taste the uh, a certain food at a certain restaurant and they want to tell all their friends about it that's right uh, there are people who just cannot wait to tell a story. And we have people in the congregation who just have this gift set. They just can't wait to tell somebody about the good ice cream they just had from wherever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you think about those people in your life and you're like, oh, I know somebody like that. And then it just, there are certain people with a disposition that they 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 have like, Four or five top things they like to talk about, they like to explain, stories they like to tell. Those people often have the gift of, quote, evangelism, the gift of Christian witness. Um, we just want that witness to be, and Todd still is is great on this. He, he says it's a winsome witness. We don't want it to be a, um, a browbeating uh, kind of witness right and and this is i think why i wanted to look at i i hate to be the greek nerd in the room no you're not the greek nerd but i think it is important because you look at it and the word is literally good news and so often i think we're trained to in our cultural imagination to think of proselytizing or uh evangelizing as this idea of bringing bad news now the good news comes later usually as i hope um yeah some people don't but uh Bad news is not really what I hear you getting at here. Like, we get excited to tell our friends about our favorite ice cream that we just had from Ben and Jerry's, whatever, because we loved it, right? And we can't wait to share that with someone else. And so what I hear you saying is an evangelist is that person who's just naturally prone to just tell people um, about the good news of Jesus. I also wonder, I was talking with a church member earlier about the gift of evangelism, it also seems to me like there are just some people, again, and I've noticed who God is gifted with the ability to just break open shells mm-hmm. with people without doing anything. Yep. They can just walk up to someone yep. and all of a sudden they're in a deep conversation yep. and talking about God and deep things in their life. And that to me, that's a work of the spirit because how could I how could you or I do that without the help of the spirit? Right. And and it and it's just a certain gifting that people have and sometimes we're unconscious to it and and uh, we're going to um you're going to get to have a conversation uh with Kenny Cheshire 
uh, Kenny, our associate pastor, beloved in this church, uh, has uh, one of the most unique giftings for leading youth, but also can lead senior adults and, and get so many of the, the things uh, done around here because he pay, pays attention. He's a, he's a man of action. And um, you know, Kenny and I were out uh, prayer walking in Bishop Arts, and, and as we were prayer walking, we were actually we were, we were putting up posters or asking business owners to put up posters for an event we were doing here at the church. And I, you know, I I can get it done, but no one says no to Kenny. <laughs> right. Everyone yeah. puts up a poster uh, for Kenny. Mm-hmm. Kenny engages everyone in conversation. He knows 15 things about the person before he leaves he doesn't feel like he's wasting anyone's time he's not really asking anybody's permission um and i'm sort of like um sir do you mind if i well so i think kenny's one of these people who has that ability there's just kind of this breaking open uh thing that happens when he engages a person in conversation which is why i'm so excited that you're going to have a conversation with kenny not to hold kenny and put kenny on a pedestal so that everybody listening can say well good thing i'm not you know but i'm not that um no we, we want to be able to tell these stories so that perhaps some something can be unlocked in all of us uh because we all have uh these gifts some of us yeah. have one or two of these gifts in greater abundance, um, but we all have access to them. Absolutely. And I think so part of the this podcast series will be telling the stories of real people and their real situations. And hopefully this will be both an encouragement to you and that you'll just um, maybe ask yourself if God might be working in this way in you as well. All right. I'm here with Kenny Cheshire. He's one of the pastors here at our church. And uh, Kenny, you do a lot here. You do a lot from executive work to youth to senior adults. And uh, I'm thankful that you're here on staff with us. And uh, this week, we're looking at the gift of evangelism. So Kenny, I'm curious just to start off by hearing from you. How do you see this gift at work in your life? And kind of how do you understand the gift of evangelism or witness or bringing the good news? Where I've seen it at work in my life the most is God got my attention years ago that everywhere I walk, everywhere I go each day, uh, the amount of people that I intersect with, um, working with youth, I'm often at their schools, working with senior adults, I'm often at nursing homes, I'm often in hospitals, but in my own life, I'm at the gym every day of the week, I'm in my community walking my dog, and Uh, I just think about everywhere I go, there are people in my neighborhood, in every situation. And I've just come upon this conclusion where I think the students have taught me over the years is that they have shared that in their own words, um, they don't know. Like they will share with me, uh, this is all new to me. I don't, don't know it. I didn't know this of God and I didn't know this. And so I carry that over to each person that I interact with that they also are probably thinking the same. They may know of God. They may have heard of Jesus, but do they really know him? And so what I've asked God to do is to interrupt my days. Uh, I've asked him to interrupt my comings and goings and that God put people in my path that need to hear something of you. And uh, where I've seen this play out the most in my life is um, God laid this on my heart years ago is just asking people, how can I pray for you today? Most people will give you something 
And that to me has been where I have seen the most evangelism come through in my life is that just that simple question that God has laid on my heart to ask people, how can I pray for you? And um, I, I'm amazed continually where it goes um, and how real people will get strangers, but people also that I know and people that I'm close to, it, it's just, it, it spans the spectrum. So, okay. So first of all, for a person with the gift of evangelism, you know, typically I think most people think of like handing out Bible tracts or asking, do you know where you're going if you die tonight? That's a common question mm-hmm. I hear from people who are doing evangelism. But you're saying just asking the simple question of how can I pray for you? Um, what, how has that played out? Like what, what kind of conversations does that lead to? So I can tell you one that happened in my gym um, about two years ago. Um, it was a situation where when I'm working out, I'm typically listening to music. I'm listening to sports. I'm listening to podcasts or I'm listening to sermons. And there was one night in particular at my gym where I was listening to another sermon and I felt that God revealed to me through his Holy Spirit. He said, here you are getting fat on things of me and people all around you know nothing of me. And it was a real struggle with God. I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do with that? And he said, ask the people around here, uh, how can, how do they need prayer? So I went up to total strangers at the gym and I was like, how do you need prayer? And I'll never forget the first guy. He said, I don't know why you felt led to ask me that, but he goes, man, my marriage is falling apart right now. I don't need you to pray for me and my wife right now. He said, I may look like I have it all together physically. He said, but I don't. And so we just prayed there at the uh, weight machines. And then there were two young men in their early twenties who were working out. And I said, Hey, I just did it for him. I said, God's laid this on my heart. Um, I feel like I'm supposed to ask you this. Like, how can I pray for you both? And their first reaction was, nah, man, we're good. And then I said, are you really good though? And he goes, no, I'm not. And then he goes, he tells his buddy, he goes, come on, man, you know, we got things. <laughs> and just in that moment, being able to pray with them, it just has reminded me how people are hungry for God. They are interested. I remember when I was not following God and I wanted nothing to do with him when I was young, I was very interested in God. I was very interested in spiritual conversations. So I think God has reminded me, hey, this is where you were. You were interested in me. You pretended like you weren't. And you pretended like you weren't interested in conversations, but I was. I was listening. I was watching people that followed God. Uh, I would never admit that, but I was. And I would just, I remember that when talking with people there, they're in the situation that I was in. And um, it's not a forceful thing. If they say, I do not want prayer for anything, it's it's fine. It's not like I'm going to sit there and push, but uh, I've just seen it open up avenues where God has shown up. It has nothing to do with me. He's doing it. He's the one that even put that question on my heart. So this has nothing to do with me. Do you find it um, ironic that, you know, you you mentioned at one point you were resistant to God and even resistant to ministry at one point in your life. Find it ironic that God gave you the gift of all people, the gift of evangelism? Yes. Every single day because, like, um, I told God I wanted nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. And I told God that... Um, at age 10, I told God that I want nothing to do with you. And then I started getting weird as I got older saying, oh, well, I'll get real with you right before I die. Mm-hmm. And then it was a, well, how do you know when that is? And it just steamrolled over the years. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a total, but I, I think back on those experiences and I'm thankful for them now because I see a lot of people um, in that same situation. And I, I know why I did it. I want to control of my own life. 
And I think that's probably what a lot of other people are wrestling with is that I think they know that there is a God. I give them credit. I think they do know. But I think sometimes they're scared. What does that mean? If I, if I lean into him, what does that mean? Mm. And so I just try to keep that in mind as I'm speaking with people. I think God reminds me this was you. I think, um, yeah, it's ironic, but I think in a way God has used, and um, one thing I said when I, we started this series on spiritual gifts and I was teaching it in our class was that the gifts that God gives us are like perfectly made for who we are and who God has made us to be. And I think um, this experience that you've had, in a way it's ironic, but I think God has uniquely given you those experiences so that you it sounds like you really understand where people are at. Whereas maybe someone else who's been a Christian their whole life, I mean, sometimes it can be hard to remember like what it's like to look at these Christians who are doing this, all this weird stuff. And I don't really get why they're all about Jesus and, you know, all this stuff. And, um, but you're able to kind of see uniquely the position that people are in. Um, one other thing I, a question I have for you specifically coming from this giftedness and from a lot of people, I think a lot of us are scared of sharing the gospel. Just even asking a question of like, how can I pray for you? Are you ever scared when you have to, God is calling you to step out? Is it something that still intimidates you or do you think it's something you just get better at over time? I think it's something he makes you more comfortable with over time. Um, I think I've given up on the, I used to wrestle with the, okay, God, this is going to, this is going to look really weird. This is going to sound weird. He has taken that away. Um, that was one of my initial reactions years and years ago when you laid this on my heart to ask people how I could pray for them and how that turns into conversations. Um, he's taken that away. Um, he continually takes it away. I would say, um, Yeah, I, I don't think I'm. Yeah, I don't think I'm intimidated anymore by it. it just because I know it. I think what what I'm trying to get better at, and I'm not there yet, but I'm trying to get better is is teaching others how they can do this too. It is not rocket science. It is not hard to ask someone how you can pray for them. Where I think God has stretched me is that I used to ask people how I could pray for them, and I would say, "Okay, I'll pray for you later." Now He has laid on my heart, no, do it with them right here, right now. Mm. And so that doing it with with a person. It even happened today, but doing it with a person right in the moment, you you can see a change. And I know that has nothing to do with me, but you can see God is stirring something in them. And I have found where um, people will reveal very personal things when you when you ask that question. And I had someone recently do it back to me, which I was not prepared for. They said, okay, how about you? How can I pray for you? I was wow. not prepared for that. But then I realized when I laid it out there, I was being just as vulnerable as they were. Um, and it's interesting how sometimes this is easier with strangers than it is with people in your own family or people that you're very close with. Mm. Uh, God, that's where God has started to stretch me even more is, okay, now ask those that you have always known, you've always grown up with, ask them that same question and let's see where that goes. Um, so that's where I think he's stretching me is maybe people that I've known a long time. Strangers seems to be easy for me. Um, but God has done that, but, um, it's a beautiful thing to watch God move. And uh, I had this experience the other day where someone, literally a stranger, uh, took me aside and, um, he said, Hey man, come here real quick. And I, I didn't know why he wanted me away from people. 
Uh, it was in public. It was when I was at my library. And he said, hey, I need you to pray for me about something specific. He said, I have a pornography addiction. And he said, I've never told anyone that. And he said, you asking me how you could pray for me has stirred this in me. And he goes, number one, I want to ask you, what kind of help do I need to get with this? Like, what do you recommend? He said, and then you can pray for me. So I just saw how God took a very simple question um, and then it allowed someone to say something verbally they would have never said, according to them. Yeah, I appreciate the way that you um, recognize the Spirit's working within another person. Because I think we forget that the gifts that God gives us are not like a superpower that we possess, but it's us participating in the work of God. And uh, I notice over and over how um, you... Part of evangelism, it seems like, is your ability to see God's working in another person Mm -hmm. and to um, participate in that by just gently loving that person into the kingdom. And that's why I think you're able to present the good news to people. So, um, man, I I just want you to know that this, I think, for listeners and for me is just an encouragement and to people in our church to see that there are evangelists where God is just working divinely to love people in the kingdom. But... That doesn't mean we don't have our own witness, I think, through the gifts that God has given us. And that's important to remember that if your gift is hospitality, I think that can have the same effect with the same spirit of God working in another person. It's just it looks different. It looks like cooking a pot of stew and welcoming a person into their home and showering them with love in a way that maybe you and I are not as gifted in. Right. right? And I think also, if I could add one more thing, is that teach others how to do this, um, give them opportunities to do it. Um, I think too many times in my life I've done it alone and I'm at a place now where even asking my daughter when we're playing basketball, would you like to pray for him right now? Mm. And just teaching others to do it. It's not hard. Like I said before, it's not rocket science, but really don't do it alone all the time. Uh, look around your surroundings, but teach others that you're in contact with how to do it because, um, that has happened to me, like I said, where I got my GM reversed the question on me without me asking, hey, man, how can I pray for you tonight? And I just thought, I didn't realize I was teaching him, but it happened. And like, and he was reversing it back, and it was just really a cool moment. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so they, this, I think, brings Ephesians 4.11 to life for me when I, we, uh, Gannon and I just talked about this, that uh, God, I think, has given us pastors and apostles and uh, evangelists and all the, you know, the other five uh, is that you're able to, as an evangelist, bring people along with you. And I think that's important to remember. It's not like the, we have these lone ranger pot pastors who just go out there and do all the work, but they bring people with them. And you, as an evangelist, bring people with you. So it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card that I never go and pray for people. I think you're reminding us, even here on this podcast, as a discipleship tool, maybe God is calling me or whoever's listening to go pray for someone right yeah. now. And just look around. Like Every day, just look where you're at. Wherever you're at, just look where you're at. Just ask God, what do you want me to do here in this in this setting? And don't just rush through it, whether you're at a fast food, whether you're at a restaurant, whether you're wherever. Don't rush by and just ask him, how do you want to show up today? And just lean in.